Star Shaman. What? Welcome to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Dupree, scouring the globe to bring you stories of courage, passion, and resilience. If I could sum up this podcast into one word, I would use empathy. Now let's get inspired. Welcome to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I am your host once again, Brett Dupree. Talking to Shelly Kelly Thomas, who is a star shaman, and that is very interesting. I think it is, at least. So, but first, this is the part of my podcast where I'm vulnerable, because if I'm vulnerable, how can I, if I'm not, what, uh uh-huh? Wow, words. If I can't be vulnerable, how can I expect my guests to be? Today is the 29th. Two days ago, I released my last podcast because I have just been lollygagging on this podcast. There hasn't been much in my life in the last two days. So I guess I'll talk about a revelation I've been having, which is unless it's about the Miami Dolphins, I shouldn't just get into dumb internet conversations. Like on Facebook, if I one of my Facebook friends writes something that makes me want to call them a big stupid idiot, how can you think that way? And I'm not super, even if I am super close to them, I'll unfriend them. Or at least unfollow them. One of the two, because I just don't want to think that way of somebody, and I don't go on Facebook to feel bad. I mean, I know Facebook exists to make me feel something, and anger makes me stay on the platform more, so it sells me anger, sells me anger, sells me anger. And I'm like, I don't want to participate. I don't want to participate in anger anymore. I mean, that's one thing I think 2020 is making me want to do less, is participate in all these anger things that I can't control, unless, of course, It's about sports, because honestly, sports is not that big a deal. If someone calls me an idiot for thinking some way about sports, it's not part of the, it's part of the fun of being a sports fan. Go Miami Dolphins, this Sunday is Tua Tungavailoa's first start, and I am super pumped. I, on my Facebook, I've started just unfriending people who I just, like, I don't respect your intelligence anymore, and I just don't want to call you an idiot Uh, on Twitter. I just shared something I felt was pretty neutral and just saying, like, saying something and somebody tried to just lay into me and I'm like, I don't want to talk to you about this. Almost seeing if they would get the hint of, like, I literally am not caring what you think of me and my profession, which is what they laid on. They asked about my credentials because they're a mental health therapist and asked if I had any. I'm like, I'm not going to participate in this. I wasn't talking about my credentials or the fact that, you know, I even if I did get certified through the uh, ICF program and if I was practicing life coach, I would be doing it through the ICF. So I do have a governing body. However, I don't need to. I wasn't talking about me. I was saying something along the lines of, you know, there's a lot of good people in personal development and not all of them are. Not all the people who are in it are grifters. I know there's a lot of people who are out there trying to grift who want to help. I'm watching The Vow on HBO Max. Keith, ooh, that's just terrible. And I know there's a lot, but I've, you know, I've done like a hundred interviews on here. And I would have to say a good 95% of them. I am very solid in thinking that they're great people who are just doing their best. A couple kind of rub me. Maybe they're. On the grifty side, but you never know. But also, I started the Lightworker Toastmasters. I know a lot of them 
intimately and if they are they're not in it to steal people's money they legitimately believe they're helping people and if what they turns out to be complete bs i guess they're not in it to steal people's money they're just misinformed and they're teaching other people their misinformed opinion I'm not saying that for sure. I'm just saying that's the perspective, that they're good people and they're not trying to steal other people's money. They're trying to provide a service that they believe can help. And that's pretty much all I was saying. The person just attacked me. I'm like, I'm not participating in this. The person just did not get it. And for a licensed professional, I'm like, ooh, they should seek help. But yeah, so I don't want to just put my energy... I guess that's one thing about this global pandemic and all the turmoil and the upcoming, you know, fascist regime that's in power right now and how I see a lot of spiritual people going into QAnon and all these big things just seems like stupid just getting into online fights when really there's there's enough to worry about in the world than some random dude's opinion or I, I don't even know that I'm not I'm just saying dude in the non-gendered sense, a rendered non-gendered person's opinion on the internet who I've never met or talked to. What's the point? Unless, of course, it's about sports. Go Dolphins. The Jets suck. Bills suck. Patriots suck. Well, they do finally. Man, that's taken forever. Well, speaking of someone who's awesome, and I don't think are into sports, uh, we're going to talk to have my wonderful interview with a star shaman. Coming up next is Shannon, star shaman and an ordinary, messy human being. Her story is still being written and her focus lay in soul healing, community stewardship, ascension, and integrative medicine, mind, body, and spirit. She is a creative activist for our collective awakening. She facilitates sacred ceremony and spaces to shed the illusions that we are separate. She holds group and one-on-one healing containers for individuals to realize their deeper soul mission in this life and helps them weave that into all areas of their life. Now here's my interview with Shannon Kelly Thomas. Hello, Shannon, and welcome to my podcast. Hi. (laughs) I'm excited to have you on. Can you give the audience a brief introduction to who you are? Yes. Hi, audience. My name is Shannon, and I... Am many things. I would say I'm a creative activist, yet I am a healer by trade and I have studied many, many different healing modalities. My passions lie in helping people unwind from old stories, whether that be in the family lineage or in their own life experience, which usually they're related, but I do deep soul work for anyone who's interested in going deeper into themselves in a super, super intimate way. So who was Shannon before she became a healer or were you always a healer growing up? I was always a healer. Yeah, I was always a healer. I was born a healer. You can't like extract the healer from me. I have awareness of having been a healer in many other lives. (laughs) So how was it like growing up and feeling different? Very, 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 very isolating, challenging, confusing, and disturbing. I was very disturbed <laughs> as a child. Were your parents supportive of who you were? No, they still like don't have, 
I mean, my father, he really loves magic. He would like read The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and such. But he's like, magic is in fairy tale books. He was in his own trip. And my mother was deep into her own suffering and addiction was not really present. Neither of them were very present. And they definitely were super full of their own conditioning and their inner children were not necessarily free. So they didn't obviously acknowledge the liberation in myself and who I was, am. And how did that affect you growing up? (laughs) These are such deep questions. It affected me in the sense that I grew to get really cynical. Like I guess to share when I was born, I was very much aware that I was here to help the planet. And I was, I'm a helper being, I'm here to bring love and unity consciousness to the planet. And then I was like, what the f***? This planet is crazy. And like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of it. Because as a child, it's like the parents are all you know of the world. While this world is just... I didn't understand what I didn't know. So like people say they had an awakening, like I was born awake, but what I needed to awaken to was the time that we're in. I wasn't fully conscious when I came in of that time that we're in as a group of people here on the planet is like a very challenging time for a lot of people because I was coming in with this awareness of what's possible. And I thought, well, I'm going to come and live that right now. It's been a process of unwinding from all of the conditioning and that I got inundated with in those years from birth until pretty much until I left the house. It's been a process of unwinding the conditioning because go out into the world and then crazy stuff still keeps happening. And I'm like, okay, this is possible. This heaven on earth thing. This is what I came here for. I have to get doing that. There's more to this. I can go deeper into my story, but I'm kind of curious to hear what you might want to know about. I would enjoy going deeper into your story. My question was going to be along the lines of, of all the conditioning that you had, what was the hardest one to work through? I would say the hardest one to work. Well, (laughs) this is a multifaceted question. So the hardest things to work through are the DNA conditioning. So the things that have been passed down from my ancestors and like the origins of this physical body, those have been the hardest things to work through. So that's like an advanced perspective because that's not how I would have said it when I was younger, but from doing a lot of healing work and doing a lot of like mental reprogramming, belief reprogramming, setting old stories, doing deep, deep shamanic soul retrieval work. I found that the things that get me into these stuck places the most are these lineage DNA patterns from maybe beyond my parents' even awareness of their ancestors. The hardest thing to overcome have been the deep, deep deep-seated sufferings of my ancestors and how that is one of the most strongest patterns that wants to play out in the physical body. I say this because when I do the deep healing with like certain events in my family, direct family, like my relationship with my mother, my relationship with my father, those are just microcosms of like a whole dynamic that spans lifetimes, intergenerationally, collectively. I guess this is where like the star shaman part comes in because that's just what I see. There was a point I would say like when I didn't see that, when I didn't see the beauty that I'm able to see now. Another thing that's been really hard to get over is like creating healthy boundaries. You know, I empathize with my magical friends because a lot of us have grown up in trauma, something that we can do. And I've noticed a common thing is like people's psychic boundaries become 
super expansive because they're trying to like protect themselves in this world. And then it can become really overwhelming to feel all of that. And so then us quote magical people can tend to shut down our higher sensitivities due to necessity. So something that's been really hard for me is to allow myself to be sensitive and to feel and to be super hyper aware without going into some downward spiral or getting lost in the amount of information that is being experienced as a sensitive person. What also comes up for me listening to you, you could also go the other route where you just go full on to the happy side and light without, you know, looking at the darkness. I see that a lot of that into like some spiritual people as well. Yeah. And you know, the irony is that my guidance lately has been to actually not be in the shadow and just like let my heavenly self carry me out. But that's because I grew up in the shadow and I wasn't trying to pretend that it didn't exist when people would be like, oh, light, love. And I'm like, yeah. And like really shitty shit, <laughs> super shit. like the biggest shit, the shit that's going to turn into great fertilizer, but it's a lot of shit. I used to say I do shadow work for light workers as that's what I do, but really I don't want people to feel like they have to focus on the shadow because that's as the only thing to focus on. We have to acknowledge the deep, deep suffering in order to just feel the ecstatic bliss. There is a tendency for people to want to just go up and out and leave their body and go astral travel and conscious dreaming and blah, 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 and whatever, all the different ways of super journeying. My vision of what the ascension is, is actually anchoring that in the other direction. So rooting down deep into the icks of the icks, which means like that roots touching all of those places. Yeah, sensitive people are going to especially not want to turn on their empathy radar when the world is in a state of chaos. However, when one person, and I know from experience, chooses to like feel the shit and just be as equally okay with that as whatever else, then that shit actually becomes for superpower in some sense. We're no longer affected by it when we feel it in the outer world as something that throws us off. If we're being thrown off by this energy that we're feeling in the world, it's because there's something inside of us that is still unresolved in those places personally. So it's not bad energy out there. It's like, yeah, bad energy inside dude and dudes. You know, we've all got a bit of shit in our pot, so to speak. But then acknowledging the truth is love and bliss and joy and love. And we are love. That's a resolving place. That's a resolving point. Love doesn't, unconditional love's not, I love the sun more than the fertilizer. <laughs> what exactly is a star shaman and how did you decide to become one? Yeah, that's a great question. I love this. Thank you. Part of my childhood, which I know many people who are probably going to listen to this can relate to this in some sense, and maybe even you, is beam me up. I am not from here. I've got the wrong ticket to the wrong spaceship, wrong planet kind of energy. That's like very distinct relationship to being a human was like, I'm on the wrong planet. You know, not everyone's thinking about that. Some people are just going about their day being a human. And I was like, I am on the wrong planet. And I know I'm not on the wrong planet now, <laughs> but I was very much resistant when I had conscious awareness of the physical density is <gasps> resistance to being in this body. No, it's so intense and painful and eh, all the DNA is so thick and like I have to crawl my way out of it. That's a very multidimensional awareness perspective. I 
believe in many senses that my consciousness is from many places and not all of them are on planet earth and all planets and all stars are a part of the same universe. And so I am a star shaman because I'm working with other places that aren't just earth. I'm weaving in conscious awareness of myself, myself as well, the word, I mean, extraterrestrial could be used, but that's a very triggering word for a lot of people. I call myself that because that's what I am. And the more I allow myself to just rest into that, the more I remember. And then simultaneously, the more I'm just like an ordinary human doing ordinary chop wood, carry water, eating food, cooking food, cleaning, praying. I'm in prayer a lot. Is prayer how you discovered star shamanism? Or did you learn from somebody? No, I've just always been in prayer. As a child, I would just pray to God, goddess all the time. Release me from this. Heal me from this. Liberate me from this. Take this pain away. And I was just, that's all I thought. That's all I knew how to do. And now I just still pray and I pray for the world and I pray for everyone's healing. And I pray that every action I take is in some way impacting people in a way that awakens them to who they truly are. And that's every day, all day long. I don't know. I might've learned that from lives as a monk. (laughs) That's the other part of my path has been a path of remembering bringing conscious awareness to these places and remembering calling back pieces of myself that in some way were being held quote separate from my awareness, bringing that actually into conscious awareness and being with that, bringing strength to this life from calling upon many. So the thing that got to me curious is you grew up in kind of not a spiritual household of the way you do spirituality. And I know there's a lot of people out there who grew up the same way, but A lot of those people also kind of stay with that and stay in this kind of dull their light and stay in the cycles of that family trauma. What made you want to break out and how did you make that decision? Mm, Bless you, sir. Thank you. I was very sensitive and my lineage is actually, I'm telling a little bit of a story to answer this question. My lineage is a magical folk, magical people. But in the recent years, my mother and her grand and her mother and grandmother, like for several generations back, there was this mental confinement that was being passed down from generation to generation where the women, instead of allowing their juicy feminine magical expression to be outwardly expressed, they sort of imploded and became very ill mentally and emotionally and spiritually. My mother was very, 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 very cruel, cruel, cruelty, very cruel. That was the quality. You know, her mother was cruel with her, et cetera, et cetera, because there's just this desire to stifle the light of the child. So every time I would dance or sing or express, a lot of the time, not every time, I would be totally belittled and like torn down and made to feel I was a piece of poop. So therefore, like magic went super dormant in me because every time I expressed my magic, not every time, a lot of the times, I'll correct myself, a lot of the time, it would be stifled. The fire, the candle would be put out because it would be too much for them to be with. And I know that happens for a lot of people. For me, I 
actually smoked cannabis for the first time when I was like 14. And all of this trauma started lifting off of me. And I was noticing this healing power of this medicine and was just, wow, this is so fascinating. I've never heard of this before. And here I am now doing this thing. And I'm experiencing this clarity and this perspective on my life that I have not been able to access in my trauma state. So it helped me sort of separate from my trauma enough to have some clear perspective on things. It was like the sun was shining on me. The golden sun was shining on me. And then I got in trouble for that. Not right in that moment, but I late, like a friend said something that I said something and then my parents freaked out and they put me into an institution, an outpatient institution. I was very, very confused because how I got into the institution was the guy who interviewed me was like, so because you're getting in trouble, you're never going to smoke weed again, right? I was an honest person. And I still am to some extent that can be, I'm learning to not say as much sometimes. I was like, you know, I, my experience was that it helped me. And I can't say honestly that never again in my entire life will I ever do it again. And so he was like, that means you're a drug addict and you need to be in this rehab thing. In that moment went into like a downward spiral because there's multiple dimensions, cutting off my feminine umbilical cord to a plant on the earth that was helping me, right? And then going into an institution where I'm not even being honored already up front as like a sovereign, sane human. And everything they took was from my parents' perspective. And my parents were alcoholics and addicts. So I was very, very upset. And I was like a straight A student and didn't do drugs, except I smoked weed this one time and was like, wow, that's liberated me in some way. I was just pissed and whatever. And then someone at some point later on the road said that alcohol didn't show up on a drug test and offered me to have some drinking moments with them. And this is a really intense <laughs> life little journey here. I chose to rebel and I was like, what my parents have to say. And I stopped being this good person. And I was like, I don't care anymore. From that choice, I chose to drink with a friend and I experienced losing my virginity or what you would call, I don't, I believe I'm still a virgin um, because virgin is an energetic quality of being connected to source. And I was raped. That just catalyzed a huge giving up on the possibility of my light and love heaven on earth vision. I was just like, all right, it's been 14 years on this planet. Everything I do just keeps crumbling and I'm keep being stifled. And now this thing that was so sacred to me because I wasn't raised in a religious culture, but I had this knowing that there was a person and a soul in the planet of which I would have a deep loving connection with. And then from that, I would want to maybe share physical interaction. I wasn't. Friends were like, I'm losing my virginity. And I was like, I just know that love is what's important. So it really shattered a lot of my idealistic visions for life. I just gave it a, I said, F it at that point and just drank and drank and drank and drank and took pills and stole my mom's pills and went down that same program. Then a year later, so it didn't take me long. I pretty much like committed suicide in the sense that I was in a place where I really, really didn't care. And I took way more than I knew was logical and rational, but it was from a place of, I did not care if I died. And I did. I don't remember consciously everything that happened in that experience still. And I know it was very traumatizing for several individuals that were in the circle and there was more rape involved in that. Just lots of things. I had this moment, fast forward to, then I really got put into an institution. I went into a juvenile hall type of place. I hated it. 
everyone was super mean. And there were people that were criminals and lots of young kids that had drug issues. And it was really crazy. Lots of gangster type individuals. I was hating everything and (laughs) cried all the time. And then maybe after a month of being there, I was like shot through with this like bolt of like, I would say purifying energy. And I was brought into this deep state of total surrender because after a month of there being there, I kind of solidified into, by the way, this was a year long place. I couldn't get out any sooner than a year, no matter what I did. (laughs) I had surrender point at like a month in there or maybe two months of just, I'm here. This is where I am. And Ultimately, yes, my parents are crazy and I'm rebelling against them and I'm still mad and them. I chose to do what I did as a response to their beingness. I ultimately got myself into this mess and I surrendered and I just let everything go. And that's at 15 years old. And then this bolt of lightning comes through and it's like the light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel when I had my near death experience. But I saw a light at the end of the tunnel two months later in a meditation, essentially. God, goddess, absolute, whatever, my higher self, you want to, that's what it is, was like, look at these two paths here. This path over here on the right is the path that you came here for on planet Earth to bring hope, to bring inspiration, to bring peace, to bring an awareness of the possibility of a new reality for people. And this is the path that you have been choosing. And it like goes to the left and it's, this is where this path will lead you. And it's just death and destruction and suffering. So you can choose the path that you came here for, or you can choose the path that will lead to certain suffering and death, your soul, essentially. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I came here for this. So I'm just going to full on board choose it. And so in that moment, I was, I full on board choose my highest mission here on planet Earth at 15 years old. That was a turning point, I would say, of catalyzing. This is just what it is. And I went through many iterations of how I thought I was going to be supporting the planet because my ego was still involved in the process. Oh, I'm going to help people heal from drug addiction. Oh, I'm going to help people heal from trauma. Oh, I'm going to help people in whatever way was relevant to me at the time. And now I have a different perspective, but in some ways that's still true. I've done a lot of healing. There's been a lot of isms that I've had to overcome some very specific ones based on the things that my parents had going on and the themes in our personal like storyline. So how do you go about helping people heal now? Through holding space for them. (laughs) I have many gifts and not all of them are seen and visible. And a lot of them are energetic and transmission based. And I'm like an activator and a catalyst for evolution. And so I activate things in people and then I help them walk through the doorway of that activation because it can be really scary. And especially there's no map to this. Like anyone who's on an awakening path is not really going by a specific predetermined carved out past predetermined map. That can be very scary for a Western mind to transition into in an awakening is to be like, wait, there's no map. Wait, like what? And so I hold space for people with really gentle, complete, open, loving kindness for their transition and process to resting into this idea that's defied all their past ideas about themselves. There's sort of an ego death process. I guess I'm like a soul rebirther type of person. I help people go through rebirthing experiences in a myriad of different ways. 
And it's, it's unique to each person that I'm with based on their elemental qualities. We all have, you know, different zodiac signs, different whatever. So every person has a different way of receiving and accessing information. So I work with people where they're at based on their alchemy and help them to integrate these parts of themselves in a way that works for them. I have a sense of how to do that because of my psychic abilities beyond this life, but also in this life, having studied a lot and done a lot of trial and error and done things that weren't for me and studied other people have a sense of patterns. So I help people unwind complex patterns and rebirth themselves into new versions of themselves. And it's not like some contrived, you are now going to be superhero 2.0. It's like whatever their heart and soul, mainly their heart is wanting to blossom into in the moment. So what kind of shifts and transformations have you helped facilitate within the other? I've worked with a bunch of different people on different things. Some people have reached out to me for relationship healing, one person, sometimes it's been a couple, sometimes it's been a deep, deep soul retrieval work. Are you saying how like the technique or things that I've helped specific individuals overcome? Things you've helped specific people overcome. The first one that comes to mind, because there's been many, but the first one that comes to mind is a friend of mine that I just met. I didn't really know much about him, but I knew that he was struggling with addiction and was drinking a lot and was really, really, really avoiding his deeper feeling. Was in somewhat of a stagnant space. I didn't realize the extent of his hopelessness until we spoke after and he shared about his experience. He intuitively knew he needed to work with me and I worked with him. And within a half an hour, he released this deeply seated tie that he had been tethered to from this memory of childhood that he didn't even remember until this moment that we went into this work. And he made peace with his father and came into a state of equanimity and forgiveness. And then all of a sudden, cold turkey just stopped doing all substances. That's really cool. So that's an example. Another example is there's some quantum work I do that's with people who are more in a healing space. I've done work with someone who already does work like this. And in that context, we were doing deep somatic therapy. And in the somatic therapy, we're releasing past life imprints and DNA, clearing the DNA and unprogramming, turning off certain things that are active in the DNA that don't need, that aren't for the benefit of the individual based on choices in the past. And then activating things in the DNA, the star codes, because we are all of the stars and helping them integrate that into the body. It's, I could say this, oh, and you're like, how is that even, do you, how do you know that's happening? Well, actually, this is what the person on the table is telling me I'm doing. They're like, wow, this life is being cleared and this is being cleared and that's being cleared and I'm facilitating that clearing and the integration and the activation. But it's not something I'm intellectually trying to do for people. I work on behalf of source to facilitate the highest transformation for someone in the realm of the gifts I have. So it's not some intellectual, oh, we're going to go do this thing now. It's like what is present and wanting to be unwound right now and revealed and we touch and go and do that. And there's a safe place for that. Awesome. Thank you so much. We are coming towards the end of our time together. One thing I like to ask my guests is do a one minute of motivation. You can imagine this as if you're going back in time to your eight-year-old self and you need to convey everything you need to know to live a happy, joyful life, but you only have a minute until you're plopped back into the future. Or you can think of it as if you're condensing your entire life's message into a minute. 
So you ready? Yes. If I were to say to my eight-year-old self, you are infinite and you can't possibly know what you are becoming. Trust in your very nature. Trust in love for it is your very nature. And know that you are always protected and guided. Know that your heart and your feet on the ground are a reliable source for you to navigate this life. And you do not need to listen to anyone else's map. You are here for your own path and it is unique to you. And you are learning what it is in every moment. Trust, see through the illusion into kindness and unity and see all people held in love. Know that you are here bringing a new day and it is possible if you continue to persevere in love. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I very much enjoy listening to who your story and learning who you are on this plane, listening to, to somebody who went through such an awakening such early on, but spent most of their life kind of stifled by their surroundings, but able to bloom out of that is, I think, very helpful for people to hear. And also all the beautiful work that you do in helping people to awaken that part within them so that they can also shine their light. So thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. And thank you so much for what you do for this planet. Thank you, Brett. And I just want to let everyone know it is possible. Deep, profound healing that changes the way and the course of your entire life is possible. And you have to allow it. And that's that's what I have to say. Thank you, Brett, for being yourself and holding a sweet container for truth and fun. May your day be special. Thank you. Wow, there you have it, folks. That is my interview with Shannon. I call her Shelly at first because that's the... Uh, what name I knew her as on Facebook or these emails and stuff. She goes by Shannon. Sometimes mistakes happen. Whatever. Probably shouldn't dwell on that too much. It's not like I can edit this or anything. I appreciate her openness. The way her life was very interesting to me. A lot of drama. I think one thing that I think is very important is supporting of children. Allowing them to discover the world and their gifts on their own. And letting them make mistakes and being there for them. I just mentioned that because a lot of people who have spiritual kids or kids with gifts or whatever... Or even different gender dynamic, you know, being different than the norm are frowned upon. And I've haven't hear much positivity coming from that growth. And even if you 100% disagree with it, it's not something you can effectively beat out of them through the system and you're just going to push them away from you. So accept your children for who they are and facilitate and allow them to grow. That's, I believe that children are our future and we teach them well. We can let them lead the way. We can show them all the beauty that it, that, you know, exists inside. Give them a sense of, I believe pride to make it easier. I mean, we can let the children's laughter remind us how it used to be. Sorry. I probably went too long into that song. I just love it so much. But Shannon is a very interesting person. I, and any time I've seen her speak, she came to the Lightworker Toastmasters once and she gave a great table topic answer. And I've watched a lot of her videos online. She has this great, amazing energy that you could really see come through. So I love it when I can give real personal accounts of people, like when I can share people I've met through my path 
and I can tell when people are special. And Shannon's one of the special people who I truly believe if this resonates with you, that she can help you with activating your star DNA. Reach out to her to schedule a session. She offers, she being Shannon, offers long-term work with clients to facilitate lasting transformation and shift. You can schedule and a consult to see if it fits at calendy.com source one. You can also book her to your town to facilitate a group ceremony for a private group or for a larger community. Her focus is shedding our relational wounding and activating soul remembrance so we can create the world we know possible together. Which you can find on her website, sacredintimatelife.com. Also, for those who are seeking to overcome fear and leadership and thrive with feminine and experienced passion in your purpose, upcoming special offerings for Awakened Men, 13-week group program for 12 men, weekly Zoom calls, weekly channels, messages for the group and for individuals, one-on-one support, weekly practices to support your everyday life. And this is starting November 11th, so you want to get on that. And there you have it, folks. That is episode 92 of the Joyous Expansion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you for who you are. Share, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Leave a review on whatever you're listening this on. I love you forever for that. In fact, I love you forever for being here. Anyway, you can check out more about me, episodes at pod.joyousexpansion.com. Email me for any reason at bre2ts, dpr2es at joyousexpansion.com. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. I feel silly thinking I have to remember this every time at joyceexpansion.com. But, of course, Facebook is Increase Your Joy because my SEO game sucks. Once again, thank you so much for listening. I love you for who you are. I'm Brett Dupree, champion of authentic joy, catalyst of transformation for the Church of Awesome, and Joyce Expansion Life Coach, reminding you once again to be love. To be joy, to be awesome. Now play that jingle. JoyousExpansion.com JoyousExpansion.com Come and say hello to Brett Dupree. He is an inspirational life coach. Good for you and good for me. He turned my life from grey to blue. I'm sure he'll do the same for you. Get in touch and you'll see. Your life will change dramatically. JoyousExpansion.com JoyousExpansion.com Yeah!